What do we ask? What do we ask kids? What did you get for Christmas, right? I'm not saying it's wrong to ask that. I'm just illustrating. We don't often think about giving, but it is a it is a sign of of um growing maturity perhaps that we understand as Jesus said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35 it is more blessed to give than to receive and there is a great a great blessing when when you have a gift that you think man this is this is going to bring joy to their heart and and when you your purpose is to bring joy to their heart. That is a that is a good place to be. But the Bible is is full of paradoxes. To us, it is more blessed to receive than to give. That's a paradox to us. It's more blessed to give than receive. Um, he gives the paradox: if you want to be exalted, humble yourself. He says, if you want to save your life, lose it. I mean, the Bible is full of paradoxes, and they illustrate our inability to think as God does. God's ways are higher than our ways. His ways are different than our ways. And if we were writing the story, we would not have written the Christmas account as it is we would have had the king coming in some other manner and and it it would have been different but god's ways are way beyond our ways and the paradox of christmas is that it is more blessed to give than receive and god so loved the world that he gave you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And God wants us to love, and it will be manifested in our giving. And when I'm talking giving tonight, I'm not specifically thinking of giving money in the offering. I'm thinking of giving our lives in service and and to understand we think of we think of christmas and yet we we often don't think about the giver that it was god the father that did the giving for god so loved the world that he gave he gave his very best his only begotten son And he gave it to the undeserving. Read Romans chapter 3 and you'll see that clear and plain. And Romans chapter 5, that he commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. I mean, it it is one thing to give to someone that is a friend but to give to an enemy. And and in looking at the heart of God that he gave his best, he gave to the undeserving, we did not deserve it, 
and he gave to a definite need. We had a desperate need of forgiveness. We had a need of light. We were dwelling in darkness. We had a need of hope. We were without hope. And without help, we, we were lost. Another term uh, of, uh, of a person apart from Christ that we didn't look at this morning is that we are lost. So he knew we had a desperate need of direction. We don't know. We're lost. We're completely befuddled. We don't know which way to go. And, and he gave to a definite need of our need for forgiveness and light and hope and direction and so many others. And then think about God in his giving. He gave only to have the gift rejected. Maybe some of you have given a gift and had it rejected, but he gave the most precious gift that he could give, and then it was rejected, and and still is rejected yet today by the overwhelming majority of people. I mean, talk about the long-suffering mercy of God. God giving this great gift, forgiveness and light and hope and direction and all of this, and then have people reject it. If we were God, we would have said that's enough and just wiped them all out. I mean, seriously. I, I, I gave this precious gift and you reject it. So... God manifests to us the spirit of giving. Think of what Christ sacrificed in order to give. It wasn't just giving out of his extra, his excess. But Christ gave up the wealth and comfort of heaven. You you know the, the feeling when... Um, maybe it's Sunday night or Wednesday night, Wednesday night, and you're tired, and the temperature's dropping, and it's dark at four o'clock, and and you think, oh, you get in your nice chair at home, and you settle back, and the fire's crackling or the furnace is blowing. Which do you prefer, furnace blowing or fire crackling, right? Um, and you think, oh, man, I, I, I don't really want to get out and go. Now, my point is not going to church. My point is Jesus Christ was in heaven. And you talk about not wanting to go. There was nothing comfortable about his going. I mean, you think of, we long for the comforts of heaven. He set aside the comforts of heaven and came to earth. I mean, he he didn't know any pain. He came and knew rejection and pain and grief and sorrow and weeping and I mean, we don't think about 
what he left. That's why it's good for us to center our thoughts about this at, at Christmas time. He gave up his right to a good reputation. Here he was, God in the flesh. And he was the illegitimate son of Mary and Joseph. He was the son of a carpenter. No, I'm God. He was the son of the devil. That's what they said he was. I mean, you talk about the right to a good reputation. He, he gave all of that up. <clears throat> and he gave up the right to control his own life. He wasn't in control of his life. Whatever the Father asked me to do, I'll do it. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he gave up the right to control his own life. And we fight for that, don't we? We struggle for it. God never asks us to do anything but what Jesus Christ hasn't already done it. And, and it ought to fill our hearts with thanksgiving. God, thank you that you sent your son and... Thank Jesus Christ that he was willing to leave. the. And you might say, well, he knew how it was going to end and he'd be back to heaven. Okay, let's send you to go live in Syria for the next 33 years. And we'll, we'll guarantee you'll survive and then you can come back here. You know what I'm saying? And that, that doesn't even compare to what he came to. I mean, in coming to this sin-cursed world, but he was willing to do that to give. So when it comes, everything about God the Father, Jesus Christ, God so loved the world that he gave, we ask the question, okay, why should I give? Well, number one, to be Christ-like. Everything about Christ is giving. Number two, to conquer selfishness. See, we're prone to get things for self. We're prone to be self-centered. Giving takes our eyes. We said that, that God gave to definite needs. Giving makes us get our eyes up and look off our needs onto the needs of others and not only that it it takes resources that we have that God's entrusted to us it may be time it may be energy it may be service it may be money but in whatever it is then we give of that to others and it it battles against the the desires we have to hang on to things. I can't remember. I'll have to go back and check. I can't remember if it was Andrew Murray or George Mueller or John Wesley. 
but said, and who knows, it may not be any of them, but it's one of those in that era that said, whenever I get resources in my hands, I, I give it away as fast as I can lest my heart gets attached to it. Does anybody remember who that was? John Wesley. Okay. Wow, I had multiple choice, and I guess checked every box, right? <laughs> That's the modern test. I'll check every box, and if one of them's right, then I get credit for it. But the reality is, by giving, it deals with selfishness, and we are all prone to be selfish. We give in order to be a blessing. Why has God blessed you? We're blessed in order to be a blessing. He doesn't bless us just so we can fill our pockets and, and, and you know, have all this stuff. He's given us resources. He's given us minds. He's given us health. I mean, when I say blessings, there's so many things. But it's not just to end in us. That becomes a stagnant pond. The water's foul. We are blessed in order to be a blessing. And the way you're, you be a blessing is, is the opportunity to give and to invest in someone else's life. And then we give to ensure a harvest. It's planting seeds. It's planting seeds, it's planting seeds, and let God give the increase. But if we don't give, we're not planting any seeds. And he says, he which soweth sparingly, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, shall reap sparingly. You sow just a little bit, you give just a little bit. That's what you'll reap. What kind of harvest do you want? And the harvest throughout eternity. So, what should my giving look like? Thinking in relation, not just to Christmas, but learning from Christmas. The Bible tells us that our giving should be cheerfully. I I mentioned 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And this passage, a great, great passage on this whole aspect of giving. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work, as it is written. He has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now you notice... 
He said, let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. To give cheerfully. We, we've all been there when you're, you're trying to teach your kids to share and share some of your M&Ms. And they look at them in their hand and there's one that's got the candy coating cracked off a little bit and it's the runt of the family, you know what I'm saying? And, and they, they pick it out and We've all seen that, and we've all been there and done it with our giving. But to give cheerfully, we were, we were talking yesterday while we were ringing bells. Um, if last year, Salvation Army in Lucas County got $20,000 was given right here in Lucas County, just from Salvation Army. And and overwhelming majority of that, like over 90% of that, stays right here in Lucas County. But at any rate, we were talking, if, we just, if, if they just set up a kettle out there and no one was out there, you wouldn't get $20,000. You know what? Most of the time we're guilted into giving. You know, you hate walking by the kettle without giving anything, right? And and nowadays, when many people don't use cash, I said we should, should put up a sign, drop your credit card in, it'll work. <laughs> but do we give grudgingly or do we give cheerfully of our time? You know, Honestly, this is something we all have to wrestle with. Investing in others and and ministering to others and do we give cheerfully? And then we are to give generously with mercy. Freely we have received, freely we give. Every one of us are are all in with God's mercy. Oh, God, be merciful. God, have mercy. Are we generous in our mercy to others? Giving of mercy to others? I mean, in, in everyday life, are we willing to cut people a break and give them mercy? But to, to give generously, not out of necessity, you know, we may cut to the very penny how much we need to give. Or do we give generously? And to give continuously. It's not like, okay, I did my, I did my giving for this week or this month or this day. No. God help me to see as you do and as I see a need that you want me to minister to, Help me to be willing to do it. It's not like, okay, I don't, I don't need to see any other needs today. No, it's God continually is giving to us. Continually pouring out His gifts to us. 
and we are to give impartially. Are, are there certain people that we're willing? And, and I'm not going to get into, you know, welfare state and all of that. He that will not work shall not eat. Of course we know those things. But are there certain people that are just in our little circle that we'll give to, that we'll see the needs of? Or do we see the needs of others and impartially give to them, invest in them? I mean, one of the simplest ways of giving, and and this shows a lot whether we're partial or not, is who do you give a smile to? You know, that's continuously giving. Honestly, every everybody that we meet, we should have a a friendly countenance. And everyone can give a smile. I mean, think of the difference that it would make, you know what I'm saying? And and to have a happy countenance and and to smile be an energy giver by by just that simple thing right there. Well, maybe I'm having a bad day. Are your sins still forgiven? Amen. That's enough to make us smile, shouldn't it? And admittedly, there are bad days. And that's where we need to be reminded of, wait a minute, what has God given me? What has he done in my life? Give without expectation. I mean, many times we get in trouble with our giving because we expect something in return. You plant the seeds and leave it up to God. It's not It's not a bartering with God. It's not... If you give God this, he's going to pour out all this. Or it's it's not keeping record. I've given this and this and this, and you know what? They haven't done anything for me. No. It's giving without expectation. And God will test that in our life. There will be the realities of that in our life that, that you'll give. And most importantly, to give the gospel. I mean, the greatest gift we can ever give anyone is the good news of Jesus Christ. And you know what? This is a time of year that we ought to be thinking about that. This is a time of year that we ought to be, not just this time of year, but in particular... I mean, people's minds, even if, even if they're totally into the secular Christmas, they still know something about, generally speaking, about something about Christ and coming and the babe and away in a manger. This is an ideal time to, to plant seeds of the gospel. And we need to consciously think, how can I do that? How can I give to my neighbors? How can I give to my co-workers? How can I give to the people that I do business with, to the people that I 
associate with in life and come in contact with. Yeah, one way is saying Merry Christmas. But to go beyond that and ask God, God, what would you want me to do this Christmas season in particular? Since that's what we're talking about, but it should be all year round. What can I do to be a blessing to others? You know, think of it. People that minister in your life. Somebody comes and gets your garbage every week, right? What what can you do for them? The mechanic that works on your car. What can you do for them? Just a simple, do you, do you know what a difference it'd make right here in South Central Iowa if all Christians just started being a blessing to the people in their lives? I mean, just simple little thing. You make a batch of cookies, put a few on a plate, and take them to somebody. Just want you to know I'm thinking of you and praying for you. Is there any way I can pray for you? First, you eat some of the dough to make sure it's good. Amen? How many of you eat the dough, right? And look at, see, there's living proof. Eating dough does not kill you. There's raw eggs in there. It doesn't kill you, right? But simple things, you make, but we need to think, we get thinking on all the things that, oh man, I got this, I got this, I got be a giver. It's, it's the Christmas spirit. Celebrate the fact that, that God so loved the world that he gave. And <clears throat> I'm his son, so I should have a likeness to him. And, and I'm, I want to be a giver. You know, for, for some, all of us, it doesn't come naturally. And some, it is even harder. But the reality is, it is more blessed to give than receive. That's what God said. And we need, we need to start encouraging that. And encouraging your kids. What can we do for somebody else? How can we give? What can we give to them? And not out of necessity. Well, let's see. Who gave us last year? So we better take to them this year. But to truly have a spirit of giving. So tonight, I just want to encourage you. Be a giver. You can give without loving. But you can't love without giving. And God's called us to love. I mean, it giving... It, it may be just giving a, a word of encouragement or writing someone a note of encouragement. But it's taking the time to give of ourselves for others. So make this Christmas. Uh, make it, who can I give to? And you know what? It's really fun surprising people that don't expect you to give to them. I mean, that... that they, they faithfully do their work in whatever area of your life. 
Or maybe you have someone you do business with, and I just want to thank you that you keep the doors open of this business, and, and we're able to come here and do business with you. Have a Merry Christmas. You know, what a blessing that would be. And not just now, but always. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would follow your example, that we would truly give cheerfully and generously, and that it would become a way of life with us. And that others would see the good works that you're producing in our lives and be drawn to you as a result. So, Lord, I pray that we this season in particular, but, Lord, may it just jumpstart us for always to be givers as you so lavishly and extravagantly gave of your Son. Lord, may we follow in your steps, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we close tonight, I'm Carol McLaughlin doesn't want to do this, but